Life can be everything you want it to be. Don't believe me? I challenge you to take me up on the offer to get on a 30-minute call with me where we will discuss exactly how to get you from where you are to where you want to be, how to put all the pieces in your life in place so you no longer feel pulled in a million different directions, and how to lead yourself to unparalleled and unwavering success. You ready to take your life to the next level? Then stick around to Sincerely Speaking and head on over to marciamara.com after you listen to today's episode so you can schedule your 30-minute path-paving call with me where we will talk about where you are right now, where you want to go, how to get there, and we will start you on a path to the life, the business, the relationships, the fulfillment, the joy that you've been looking for. I can't wait to meet you in person. Enjoy this episode and share it with somebody you love. Hello and welcome to Sincerely Speaking. I'm Marcy Amaro. I know you are absolutely going to love the conversation that I have for you today. See, one of the huge benefits of networking is that it has a multiplying effect, which means that you get to do and experience things that you wouldn't on your own. And this is a prime example of that. I met Belinda Sander through a common friend that I made through some networking, and it was an instant pleasure to get to know her, to share in her wisdom, and to learn all that she's got going on. So I'm excited for you to get a lot of this wisdom and sharing this conversation with us. Belinda, thank you so much for being with us today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you. I'm really excited that we met too. Yay. So what I would love to start with is just a little bit background, right? So that Mm -hmm. all of us know a little bit more about you, where you came from, what you're up to and what you do. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got started. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, in 2010, uh, I was at a big crossroads in my life. I was about to turn 50 uh, and I was not where I thought I would be. I thought I'd be happily married, happy, you know, planning for retirement, not planning for retirement, but saving for retirement, Um, a mom, a homeowner, you know, all the things. And I was kind of the global opposite of that. What I was, was getting divorced, becoming a single mother, having to sell my house because I had so much debt. I had a business that failed and I was just not on schedule anymore. (laughs) And so I decided like, it was a total mess. Like, and I'd always lived, you know, sort of in the rails, everything was in a little box. And I, and when I was 40, I was totally unplanned, but I just got just, it all kind of fell apart. So what I did was um, I decided to start my own business and I decided to be a virtual assistant. I wanted to work from home. I wanted to be in charge of how much money I made. I wanted to be in charge of who I was working with. And I'd had a corporate career of 17 years that I really enjoyed, but it wasn't really working with being a mom. And so I went out on my own and I started a business called Rocket Girl Solutions and was very successful doing this and created systems for my business. And so fast forward uh, 2019, so nine, nine years later, I decided that what I really wanted to do was teach people how to be self-reliant, how to have their own businesses, working as virtual assistants so that they could have location freedom, time freedom, and financial freedom. Awesome. I love that you start by saying that you were the polar opposite of what you thought you would be almost like. Um, It's so common and not, I mean, it's happened to me. It's happened to many of the people that I work with. And I don't know that I've met anyone who at some point hasn't felt like things are not going quite as they planned, right? Like things are not going on track. What did you do in yourself? What kind of work did you do with yourself in order to not stay stuck in that space? 
Oh, that's a really good question. Um, first, I um, I hid for a while, um, and uh, um, so here the question is, what did I do to get like to get turned around? Yeah, yeah. So, so the big thing that I had, I had really a, f- a few things going on. One is I had a lot of credit card debt. Um, I also had seven years of back taxes that I hadn't paid because I think a lot of times when our life goes off track, we just keep thinking next month, it's going to be better. And I'll handle that next month. It's going to be better. You know, I was always next month. And, um, and then the other thing was I, I didn't have a job and I do, I didn't want to go back to corporate. So basically what I did was when I decided to go out on my own and become a virtual assistant, and that word wasn't even, that didn't even exist that, that phrase back then, 13 years ago, um, I told everybody that I knew, I told everyone I knew, and I hired a coach and he told me that what I needed to do was start producing an email newsletter and assist, you know, send it out consistently every two weeks, providing insights to entrepreneurs and people I knew. And I did that and my business started to take off. And then at the same time, I had to face the, the financial piece. So that was filing. Literally, I had six bankers boxes of paper from this business that had failed, just kind of systematically going through it as really as much as I could physically and mentally stand at a time. And it took a couple of years and, um, but I went through it and I paid all the credit card debt off and I paid the IRS and I got in a payment plan with them. But it, it, it was really because I took the emotion out of the numbers. You know, I stopped mm-hmm. beating myself up about it and just thought, okay, I am a problem solver. This is a problem. It's, and if I take the emotion out and all the shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, out of it and just solve the money problem, that it would be easier. And so that's how I handled it. That's awesome. Because what I'm hearing you say is that you basically sat, sat down, faced reality, and then said, okay, what can I actually do instead of just sitting there and hoping that next month will be better, right? That's right. Because what was happening was I had this moment where, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I have all these taxes, I have this, I have that, I don't have a job. And I'm walking around telling everybody that I'm fine. Nothing was fine. There was nothing fine about it, you know, and it was really getting, frankly, angry about it and push using that energy of the anger to say, okay, you know, game on. What, what am I going to do about it? And and stepping into it with um, intention, you know, in- intention. And part of that too was I pulled back from a lot of the people. I got divorced. I pulled back from many of the people in my life. I needed to be alone for a little while and just mm-hmm. kind of um, deal with this. Oh, that's really important too. You gave yourself the space and the permission, right? To do what you needed to do at that moment. Right, right. right. That's awesome. Now, when you sat down to try and figure out, okay, this is the direction in which I'm going to take my life. What were your criteria? What were the non-negotiables that you were um, working with or or trying to put in place? So at at which point when I became a virtual assistant, well, it's kind of the same, the virtual assistant and having the VA connection. The non-negotiables. Um, that's a really good question. Gosh, you know, and I honestly didn't think like that for a while. It was more like survival strategy, <laughs> you know, but the non-negotiables for me. So let's talk about what they are now, because that's, those are more clear. Um, I have, I've put the blocks of my life in place in a way I never have before. So for example, I go for a walk every single day, six miles. If the weather's bad, I have a treadmill. So I, you know, that's a non-negotiable. So rain or shine, I'm out there. I eat good food. 
there were years when I didn't and I struggled with that, but I eat good food every single day. Um, I spend time with my husband. We have lunch together, probably, I don't know, out of 30 days, probably 28 days, he works from home. We play backgammon. We talk to each other. That's a non-negotiable, um, you know, and so those are the personal things that I had neglected for so long that Mm. are actually making me more productive in my work. And, and, and the other thing is to do, to only take on clients who, um, when I say I like, I don't mean like, let's go on vacation. I mean, like, you know, they're good people and we communicate well and, um, and, and they have interesting work and who are willing to pay me my hourly rate. That's never been negotiable. That is so awesome. What I love most about what you just said is that you equated productivity with taking care of yourself, right? Like very often we are in yes. this hustle, 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 right? Talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> Yeah. So when I had my first business that failed, it was successful in many ways, just not financially. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're shipping baby gifts and orders and I'm getting press and all this stuff is happened, but happening, but any kind of business that has inventory, you just have to be really careful because it's successful mm-hmm. and it's hard. But what happened is I had this little girl and an unhappy marriage and I would go to Trader Joe's and grab a bag of almonds and that's what I'd eat all day. And then on, on my way home, I drive through and get some French fries and a Diet Coke, you know? And what happened was I was exhausted. I looked terrible. I felt terrible. And, and this whole idea of taking care of myself, it felt really selfish, But now I realize it's not. And this has been a realization that I've had really over a number of years. I started taking care of myself um, in uh, 2009. That's when the the marriage, uh, you know, everything crumbled and we started falling apart. And I started because what I did was I needed to get out of the house. So I started walking and I was walking around this pond and then I started to get into shape. And then I started to care about what I was eating and I lost like 15 pounds And then I started to feel like myself again. And then from there, I could be creative. I could, I could start to ask for what I wanted really for the first time, because I, there was less trash talk in my head, if that makes sense. It does totally. And I think that especially as women, and I know men experience it too, but I think that especially as women, we experience so much of feeling this mom guilt is what I call it, right? Of I'm doing something for myself, but I'm a mom. I should be thinking about my kids. And we don't put two and two together, right? If if mom is not healthy, if mom is not well, right, she can't really deliver for the kids at all or for anybody for that matter. So it's really important, I think. It is. It is. And I have this rule that's kind of funny. And I just started applying it to um, our kids. So my husband has, I got married to my dream husband at 60. So if anyone thinks you can't do it, you can. But he has four boys and I have a daughter. And, you know, we used to twist ourselves around and do things for our kids that caused consequences for us, you know, mostly financial and um, and now we run things through the filter. I've done it for a while, definitely with clients, but now I run do this with my daughter. I don't do anything that's going to make me mad. You know, if she wants me, like the other day, she asked me, mom, would you, um, she, what does she call it? Sponsor me. Will you sponsor me for a coffee table at Ikea? You know, and I think, okay, you know, give me the link. I looked at it. It's within reason. And I, and I said, um, yes, but I ran it through the filter of, um, is this reasonable? Can I afford this? Um, do, do I think it's uh, the? And then the other thing was, 
if the coffee table is not taken care of and I go to her apartment and she's ruined it somehow, will that make me mad? And all <laughs> of the question answers were no. And so <laughs> I said, you bet, here's 70 bucks, go get your coffee table. You know, yeah. but there are other things that don't meet that criteria and we need to have a discussion about it, right? But I do think about that sort of future self because we all have expectations for other people that are unspoken and it causes problems. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I teach most of our, uh, all of it really, but I hate those blanket statements, right? But most of our frustrations come from expectations that we haven't clearly communicated or that are unrealistic in some way. So I love that. And I love two things that he just said. First of all, it's never too late. <laughs> so for <No>. anybody <laughs> watching or listening, who's thinking the time is up for whatever dream it is, it's not. You can still make it happen as long as there's breath, there's hope. And the second thing is the filters that you mentioned, right? And it is all about, like you said, is my future self going to suffer from the decision I'm making today, which is not typically how we think. So I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. Well, I I have had circumstances where people have given me gifts that I did not ask for that and then they became upset when they weren't appreciated or used in the way they intended. And that's kind of a tough spot to be in when you don't even want this thing. And now you have to take care of this thing. And I don't mean a puppy or anything big like that, but you know, and anything that someone gives you, they give you, you know, dead or alive. Um, and, and I just have had that experience and I, I know how um, toxic it is. Yeah, absolutely. Now for anybody who's listening and it's going right now through a situation that feels huge, right? Like feel so big that they can't yeah. see their way out. I know you talked through a little bit of what you did, but if you were helping a friend that is in the situation, or if you were giving advice to someone who's asking for it, what do you think would be the top yeah. two or three things that you would advise them? Yeah. Um, the first thing, and this is really hard, but you have to keep your word to yourself. Mm. You have to keep your word to yourself. So if you say, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to pay this bill or I'm going to pick up my kid or whatever it is, and you haven't done it, I want you to get out of bed, even if it's unreasonable. And I want you to do it because what happens is you start to build trust. You start to tell yourself you're trustworthy because when you're in a bad situation, like I was in, I'm avoiding the IRS. I'm dodging credit cards. Like, a, like a good person doesn't do that. So think about how I was talking to myself, right? And yeah. like, it, it, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. So, so that's the first thing I started taking myself seriously. And I not only started being careful about what I told myself I would do, but I made sure I, I did it. So it's not about having a list of 50 things. It's about having a list of three things or one thing, and you don't go to bed till you do it no matter what. Right. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, um, the second thing is slipping my mind. Hold on. It's keep your word to yourself. That's so funny. I just had it right here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anyway, that's, that is the single, that is the single most important thing. And the other one I'm sure will come to me in a minute. Oh, absolutely. But I love that in the middle of what you were talking about when you said, keep your word to yourself, you mentioned, imagine how I, how I was talking to myself, right? So that's a big part of it too. It's the inside conversations, that self-talk that we have with ourselves. What kinds of things do you do personally to keep that self-talk in check? 
a couple of things. So one of them is um, I talk to myself all day long. Now the process of being able to control, not really control, manage my thoughts has been something I've been practicing for over 20 years. So it's not like mm -hmm. you do it for a couple of days and you high five yourself and you're done. Um, but I started to notice how I was talking to myself mm -hmm. and I do this. I literally do this all day long because like every regular human, I get overwhelmed several times a day. Right. And so when it starts, I learned what the voice sounds like. And then what I'll say sometimes out loud, oh yeah, we're not doing that right now. We're not doing that. <laughs> you have stuff to do. And then I'll either turn on some music or I'll turn some music off, or I'll put an audible book in my head or a podcast because I can't listen and talk to myself at the same time. Right. And so, so I, I shift, I try to stay at my desk because I don't want that talk to, to sidetrack me for what I'm trying to accomplish. But I do literally say these words. Oh yeah. We're not doing that right now. We're not doing that because like everybody else, you're in the bathroom, drying your hair. You're having conversation with your ex-boyfriend from 20 years ago, right? In your head. It just happens. It sneaks up on you. It really happens. I love that. Um, yeah, we're uh -huh. not doing this right now. And I think it's key what you just said is developing that awareness, right? Of noticing when it's starting to bubble up because so much of what we think is so automatic and so by default that we don't even stop to acknowledge it, but I think it's key. That's awesome. Yeah. So I just remembered the other thing. Um, so keep your word to yourself. I know. Yay. Right. Um, and get into action. And because, mm. because what happens is when you're in action, the chatter will slow down. I call it chicken chatter. Mm. I have eight backyard hens and they're all day long. A little, I have this little um, chicken named Lillian and she's just like, rup, 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 but you know, she's hysterical. And that's what happens. She sounds just like that. And so I only can imagine what she's saying to herself. But the thing is, is by getting into action. So, so you, you say what you're going to do, you make sure you do it. You celebrate it by saying, I did that thing. Look at me. I did that thing. I am such a star. I did that thing. And, and then you figure out the next thing and you don't need to know, you don't, when you're starting a business, I like when I was paying all those back taxes, all I knew was I need to organize the receipts by year. That's all I know. And then I knew I had to do this. And then I had to go to the bank and, and the next thing unfolded. But if you can calm the chatter, the next lot, next step will present itself. Right. And then you ask for help. And, you know, I, I, one of the jackpots I hit was that my now husband is a certified public accountant. He helped me with the taxes. Right. I know. Yay. Yay. Um, he was teasing me the other day. We were talking about this and, and he said, you didn't just pick me because of that. Did you? I'm like, no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. but, um, but yeah, he's very cute. Um, but, but you do have to get into consistent action, um, you know, every day and it will feel uncomfortable for a while and, uh, it's worth it. Yeah. Isn't it funny how action is the cure for so many things, right? Like most of the things we fear, if we get into yeah. action, <laughs> well, the thing is, is, and this is interesting. I just wrote a newsletter about this um, yesterday. And what I was talking about last week, I took weaving lessons. I took a whole week off and I never do anything like this. This was such a huge win for me. I know nothing about weaving. And I'm talking about the old fashioned loom with 50,000 threads, right? And, awesome. um, and so what I found the people in the class doing, which is so normal, is they were trying to understand the next step so they could interpret the step they were taking now. And for whatever reason, 
maybe it was so overwhelming that I couldn't do that. I was like, just stay where she is, just stay where she is. And what I discovered is that by just doing what she said, I understood why as soon as my hands were doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. but if I stayed in my chair and didn't just do it and had this intellectual conversation about it, I wouldn't have woven this beautiful piece of cloth that I wove, you know? So sometimes it's just finding someone who knows, who knows how to get you where you want to go and trusting them and just really listening to them and letting them lead you. That is so key, right? And it's so hard for a lot of us to acknowledge and ask for that help, right? But it's Mm -hmm. key. Once we have someone, and I started talking about the benefits of networking, that's one of them. There's someone out there who's done what you want to do. Find them. That's right. Yeah. And they'll likely, you know, just bend over backwards because people love to help other people. Absolutely. Now, um, I was thinking as I was hearing you speak about the um, beauty, beautiful and unexpected ways in which you might have to communicate with people, right? Um, being a virtual assistant, I'm not sure that everybody's really aware of all the things that virtual assistants do and all the different hats that you wear. But I would love to hear a little bit about your communication and how you make sure that that flows smoothly, especially with your clients and people that you're meeting for the first time. Yeah. So when I was, um, when I was a full-time virtual assistant, um, there's something that I call reverse delegation and reverse delegation. Most people are terrible at delegating. And as soon as we accept that, like, that's just the way it is. All right. And so it's not their fault. It's just a fact, you know? And so I started thinking about it in terms of reverse delegating. So if someone says, I want you to do this task, one question would be by when, right? Or how many hours would you like me to invest? Or um, do you want, do you like pink or blue? And and what happens is, is in the beginning when we're, when we're business owners and we're virtual assistants, and frankly, a million other professions, we think that we uh, should be able to read our clients' minds. Mm-hmm. And if we can't read their minds, there's obviously something wrong with us because it should be really obvious what they want because, because I don't know why, but that's what we think. <laughs> and so I just learned over time that I would hang up a, on a phone call and I'd be like, I don't actually know the questions to all these, you know, I mean, the answers to all these questions that I have. And I, I was afraid of exposing myself. So what I teach is this idea of reverse delegation, which is you go through the process of, okay, so you want me to set up an event? Great. Okay. Is it going to be a webinar or is it going to be a live stream? Okay, great. What day are we having it? Okay, good. What time? Are, do you want me to enable closed captions? Like it's just having a conversation, right? And and the thing is, is that clients, when you're a virtual assistant, there's so many questions that they don't even know, they don't even have the questions. Like they're just thinking you're gonna handle it and you can, but with the information that you need to do that. And you just have to learn that it's okay to ask those questions by doing it. Yeah, it's funny. I call that the should know syndrome, what you were talking about before. It's like new parents, I should know what my kid needs. And if I have to ask, I'm not a good parent. Or, you know, in any profession, we do that too. Uh, if mm-hmm. I, When I was a teacher, if I'm a good teacher, I should know how to do this thing and I shouldn't have to ask. And that is the biggest mistake I think a lot of us make, especially when we are beginning in anything. We shoot ourselves in the foot by buying into that notion that you should know. I love that. I should know. Yeah, I do love that. 
Yeah, it's it's true. It's true. And what ha- and when I was in this weaving class, maybe because I teach all day long every day now, I'm noticing new things, but but th- I love it when my students ask a question because then what happens is they're opening this up for everyone and it gives me insight like, uh, oh, I, I didn't think about that. That never occurred to me. And now you have a really valuable discussion versus just, you know, Googling uh, the phrase on your phone and trying to figure it out. You know, uh, it, it brings value to a- ask questions. I think it, I, I think it's one of the smartest things you can do. Absolutely. Questions are my favorite tool for anything. I think that if you ask smart questions, you can do whatever, anything that you set your mind to, you can do. (laughs) So um, before we go any further and we're coming up to to the 30 minutes, it goes by so fast when we have fun people like you to talk to. Um, But I want to make sure that people really understand what the role of a virtual assistant is, because I think it's thrown around and it's confused so much. And unfortunately, like with coaching, it's happened with coaching too. It's become such an accessible thing that a lot of people are trying to get into the business without really getting the training and the background to do it the right way. And they end up doing the whole industry a disservice. So since I have uh, an amazing expert in the subject, I want to clear the air and make sure that everybody listening really understands what a VA is and what they do. Absolutely. That's great. I love this. So a virtual assistant is someone that provides administrative, creative, or technical services to their clients. So instead of working for one company or one person, they work for a wide range of people, usually from home. They also work at Starbucks, right? <laughs> so the, the whole idea is um, it's very, it's very specialized. It's, it's, it's very, um, what's the word I want? Um, individualized. So mm-hmm. for an example, there are virtual assistants who will do bookkeeping. There are virtual, and they'll also update your PowerPoint. And some of the things that I did a lot of were email newsletters. My clients would provide me with the content and I would put it in MailChimp. I'd put it on their website. I would do some social media, but there's not one set of skills. And and the thing that people who want to be virtual assistants hear, which is not true, is that you you don't have to be highly technical. You don't need a niche. You don't need to be able to sell online courses for people or be a graphics expert at all. And if you join a community like mine, what happens is you make friends with other VAs and you refer work around. So I successfully made six figures as a virtual assistant, never doing one graphic. I can't do Mm -hmm. it, never doing writing. But my specialty was really connecting things together, um, you know, setting up credit card processing or helping, you know, with a website or things like that. So the, the sort of description of a virtual assistant is different for every single person. And if you have multiple needs, you can have multiple virtual assistants, you know, on your team to help you with different things. Awesome. So if I can sum this up and let me know if I'm doing it justice, virtual assistants are time liberators, right? So if I, as a business owner, want to free up time so that I can focus on my zone of genius and the thing that I really love to do, I can, in reality, find a virtual assistant for, assistant for everything else that I don't want to have to touch. Absolutely. And some virtual assistants will bring experience to you. So if a client came to me and said, I want to set up a webinar, I'm like, okay, I've done a million of them. Or what could also happen is you say, the client comes and says, this is what I want you to do, just like this, you know, and then you can talk about 
maybe some improvements or not. But the 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 thing about it is that um, it, it is very individualized. And a lot of times what people will hire virtual assistants for is to learn something for them because mm-hmm. they don't want to, you know, like I've had people, they want to move their their um, their coaching practice into like an all-in-one CRM and they don't want to learn it and they'll pay me to learn it and to teach them and to set it up. You know, so it's not even about what you know, it's about what are you willing to learn and what are you willing to figure out? But that's the number one skill that VAs have is we're problem solvers, we ask good questions and we like to figure stuff out and we don't let it go. That's awesome. And finding a good one is finding gold. (laughs) It is, it is. It's funny because my students, they worry about what their clients um, think, you know, am I doing a good job? Am I doing a good job? And I said, you're doing a great job. And you know what, once they really understand who they're working with, and I hope it's okay that I say this, you're like of crack. You're like crack, <laughs> right? They're not giving you up. They will get addicted <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, I, now that I have this community, the, the VA connection, I have five or six people, uh, five people on my team. And it's like we're dancing, you know, together, this choreography, you know, choreographed, um, you know, mo- these movements and we support each other and we can make really big things happen that I could never do alone. Absolutely. So it's exciting. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. Now, before we wrap this up, and again, it's flown by when you have amazing people with uh, incredible wisdom to share. It usually does. And I've enjoyed this so much. But before I let you go, two quick things. First of all, what is one or two things that you would like to leave our audience with pieces of wisdom or advice that you would like to share with us? And secondly, how can people connect with you? Absolutely. The first one, and this is huge, you can start from where you are, whatever you want to do. And it, it doesn't matter because there's there's only where you are and where you want to be. And mm-hmm. you can't think yourself anywhere except where you are. So whether it's, you know, getting married or having a successful business and it's, I'm 62 years old and my so is my husband and we don't own a home and we want to. And that's our goal and we're working on it and there's no reason why we can't get there no matter where we're starting from. But it's getting clear on what you want and putting steps into place that could take years, but it doesn't matter. So really starting from where you are and coming to peace with where you are and getting clear on what you want, where you want to go mm-hmm. is critical. So so that would be um, that would be my advice. And in terms of getting in touch with me, um, I would love for people to go to my website. It's theVAConnection.com, theVAConnection.com. Um, subscribe to my newsletter. I put out a newsletter every um, Monday morning and it has useful information, whether you are honestly, you know, working to be a virtual assistant or you're an entrepreneur. A lot of, there's a lot of crossover there and um, that that would be great. I'd love that. That is so awesome. So make sure you go to theVAConnection.com, look her up, sign up for her newsletter. It will be worth your while. It will be one of those emails that you look forward to opening every time it arrives. So make sure that you go and sign up. Um, Melinda, thank you so much. This has been outstanding. Start from where you are. Don't stop. Take her cue. She is living proof that you can create it. You can make it. Thank you so much again. This has been amazing. This has been really fun. Thank you. 
I hope you have enjoyed today's conversation with Belinda Sander as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. She is an amazing, amazing leader and mentor, and I invite you to check out the VA Connection and connect with her in all the platforms. And in the meantime, if you have found value in this conversation, share sincerely speaking with someone in your life that you know will find it valuable as well. And don't forget about my offer for a 30-minute path dating call free of charge, where you and I will sit down and trace a path from where you are to where you want to be and get you going on the path to success. I will see you next week and I will see you on the call. Chat soon.